You are listening to Sidora Decoding Law Podcast. I am Genevieve Dubois, the Chief Marketing and Innovation Officer of Sidora, and I am Phyllis Schuster, the Chief Team Intelligence Officer of Sidora, and, and we, we are, are lawyers. Together, we will decode the secrets of legal services so that you, as a business owner, know how to use legal services to your advantage. Let's get started. Hi everyone. This is Genevieve Dubois. I'm the CMIO, Chief Marketing Innovation Officer of Sijora. And with me today, of course, every week is my good partner. Hi, Phyllis. Hi, Genevieve. This is Phyllis Schuster. I am Chief Team Intelligence Officer at Sijora. Welcome to this week's podcast. And together we are lawyers, but most importantly, yes, we are also business owners. Um, we own a business called Sijura, and at Sijura, we are the architect and general contractor of legal process and legal services for our clients. Today's topic is: What's the secret of hiring good lawyers?、Um, I think that is a question that a lot of our client, you know, ask a lot of businesses. It's really like a, a dark hole. To get into、um, is like a mystery, like a luck. If I get to find a good lawyer who can resolve all my legal issues, and so is a very important part of your business,、um, and that is actually why we started the podcast. So, the podcast today may be a little bit longer than usual, twenty minutes or so, but because this topic is so important, we want to devote more content to it. It's going to lay out the roadmap of gather kind of like our past podcast, a few topics that we're going to touch on, and also lay out the roadmap of a future podcast that we're going to dive in a lot more deeper on some of the topics that we're going to、um, kind of touch on today. Yeah. So, Phyllis, what do you think about today's topic? Well, I know in my mind this is probably the key for most clients. And as a business lawyer for many years, I know that clients come to me, and it's like they they don't really know if who they've had in the past has been a good lawyer for them or the right fit for them. So they're hopeful, and I try to make sure that I assure them that that they have found the right lawyer for them, or that I have the ability to help them find. The right lawyer for the particular matter that they are looking to either solve or resolve or handle for them. So I think this is a key between clients finding lawyers who fit their needs and fit their budget. So let's first talk about what does it look like if you didn't hire the right lawyer.、Um, so Phyllis, you want to take a stab at that? Yes, sure, Janelle. She gives me the tough one. Actually, it's pretty simple in some ways. Usually, it's a disaster if you don't hire the right lawyer, and and the definition of disaster is different for all for for each client. You know, if it's not working for you, it's usually a disastrous result. So, one horrible result that is often you know told to me is the the lawyer's silent. They don't they don't hear from their lawyer. Well, that's not a good answer. So, Jeanette, is that a common 
complaint that you hear is I, my lawyer doesn't talk to me or I have no idea what's going on with my matter, you know, that kind of thing. Yes. A lot of clients um, would complain and not just clients. Sometimes, you know, we complain about other lawyers. Um, that's just non-responsiveness. And if they go in silent, that even worse, like you don't know where they are and you have to put energy and to chase them down and say, what happened to my case? What happened to my transaction? And the other one is really bad is just halfway to do your transaction or um, they do the case and they just dropped it, you know, and then you have no idea what's going on. And now you have to go to gather everything and give it to another attorney. And that's a wasting time, wasting energy, and that can cause disaster results. What's the other, you know, bad result, Phyllis? Well, just a point about just dropping the case or or dropping your transaction. Let's let's remember that that means too. If you have to start over with another set of lawyers or another lawyer, they have to get up to speed, and you're going to have to generally have to pay them to get back up into speed. And you've already gotten somebody else who's partially the way there, but you really have no choice because if the other person isn't reliable or non is non responsive, then you're going to have to do that. So that's really really harsh result to the client. It's it's unfair, but it's the reality when you have to go pick out a new client. So I just want to make sure that we recognize and the client recognizes how important it is to pick the right lawyer for that purpose too. And the other one is really uh, difficult. It's like they give you the wrong advice. And this is the one that clients can't tell the difference at the time, right? You are going to them because their expertise. And I've seen it before, a very prominent law firm, a lawyer gave tax advice and it was wrong. And it actually uh, caused the client um, went in bankruptcy. And that's how uh, bad the result could be. And if you don't have a good lawyer represent you in the marketplace and they are not being responsive to the other side, they don't know what they're talking about. Uh, Lawyers knows what the other lawyers talk about, right? If we immediately can spot if somebody doesn't know what they're talking about. And when your lawyer representing you, it doesn't know the topic, doesn't know how to handle themselves, is not reliable, then um, the other side being a business person, they all their team is going to think you are unreliable, incompetent, because you can't even hire the right lawyer to represent you. And that is not good for your reputation in the marketplace. The other disaster thing is like uh, we see, even if they give you good advice or, you know, they try to do the, their best to respond, to be responsive. It's just like you expected that they charge you a certain amount. And at the end, um, they send you an invoice way exceeding what you expected and they never talked to you about. And it can sometimes really break your bank, right? Like it's not what you expected. And when you're a small company, you may not be able to afford them. Those are the the very horrible things that can go wrong. What is the ultimate goal, right? When you're hiring an attorney, what is the ultimate, I guess, the ideal picture look like? Um, The ultimate goal is really for you to decide three things. Who? what and price. So who to hire, what are they doing for you and how much would they cost you? That is what, when you, during your hiring process, you have to decide is who, what and, and the price. So there are certain things like basic things that you need to understand about lawyers that will help you with this hiring process. Phyllis, you want to take a step at things about what lawyers do and, and just to understand about lawyers' principles. 
for clients, it's important to understand that lawyers are very specialized. And while some lawyers call themselves generalists, that doesn't, you know, that you cannot be a generalist in all areas of law in all states and all in the federal jurisdiction and all that. You can, you just can't be, it's impossible to be. So no, there's, cannot be just one attorney who can do it all for you. Yeah. And that means when you talk to an attorney, don't expect them to be able to help you with everything. You know, your question should be, I have these needs. Is this something you can help me or just something you and somebody else have to be together to help me? You need to ask those questions. Um, The other thing you got to understand is not all the lawyers have same skills. Not all the lawyers went to the same schools have the same capabilities just because that, you know, five lawyers went to specific schools that you admire doesn't mean that all five of them are capable lawyers. And not all lawyers from that same firm have the same capabilities. Phyllis and I both work in very large law firms and we see a variety of capable attorneys, different levels. Sometimes the best firm can have the worst attorneys, the smaller firm can have the best attorneys. So it's really, um, don't assume that just because they have a license as a lawyer, they're all the same. The other one is like, it is very difficult for non-lawyers to evaluate how well a lawyer is performing or is doing or is producing the work for you. It's also important to recognize that clients who are not lawyers have difficulty evaluating how well a lawyer is doing. It's difficult even when you're working in a firm and you're working in an, an area of your own expertise and then you ask a colleague who has an area in a completely separate expertise for, for the lawyer to make sure that that other lawyer is doing a good job. So when we look at that, we go, well, if it's difficult for us, then we know how difficult it must be for a client who's a non-lawyer to, uh, to, to really know how well a lawyer is doing. Yeah. And, uh, and the sad thing is that hiring the law, a right lawyer will make a huge difference in your deal or in your case. I mean, it can be a difference of a win and loss in a case, definitely. I think that's pretty easy to understand in a litigation setting. But in the transaction, it can be a huge difference between success and failure. We're going to have a separate podcast um, specifically give you examples of uh, what are some of the areas that are very sensitive. Your attorney is not right. They're not communicating right message to you or to the other side will cause success and failure. But just know that your lawyer can make a huge difference. What does that mean, fellas, for everybody? It, it means that clients have to do their homework and be in charge of hiring and managing your lawyers. What we're trying to do is have a few steps today is to go over just very high level so that you kind of in your mind, have a roadmap when you need to hire a lawyer, what you need to do. The first steps, um, the first few steps is involving even before you go to talk to any attorney, before you start interviewing attorney, you need to do the following steps. And that is to understand what your needs are. Okay. If you step in the foot of a law firm, you sit there and staring at a lawyer and you are waiting for them to tell you what your needs are, you're too late. 
you need to walk in preparing, knowing exactly, not exactly the legal terms, like what documents you need. That's not your job. That's their job. But what you need to know is what you need. Okay. You can't just go in a um, architect office, right? You're not going to go inside. I'm going to build a house. You got to have some idea how many story house, what kind of roof you want, right? You're not going to be the one that decide, you know, how wide a certain hallway is or what materials, you know, you actually going to use on certain things. That's not your expertise, but you got to have some idea what your needs are. The same thing with hiring lawyer. Hiring lawyers no different than anything else. So, um, so the following steps, which is going to outline, it's really before you even talking to attorney. So what's the first step within this category, Phyllis? I think what you have to do is you have to identify what your urgent and current need is. Is there an ongoing dispute? So there's an immediacy to it. Are you buying and selling, uh, buying or selling property or a business or whatever? Or do you need information in order to move your company forward in a certain way? So that's really important. And each one of those things determine whether it's absolutely urgent and it gets done within a certain period of time and or do you have a little bit more time and you have to communicate that to the attorney that you're speaking to. Genev, what happens, for instance, uh, you, you get um, a, a complaint filed against you in, in, a, in litigation. That's an urgent need. So whether it's urgent or not, that would affect your budget. You know, anything is urgent, you need somebody to resolve it today, you got to be willing to pay for that, you know, fast time frame. The other thing is, if it's a very urgent need, then you, when you ask the attorney and you hire an attorney, you got to, you know, make that priority, their responsiveness. And we'll go into that a little bit more. And the second step in this category is really how important is this for you? And and your company. Is it just like you're trying to get some information that is not that important, right? It's not going to make or break your company or you, or is it really, really important for you? And that's, again, it's going to affect how you're going to talk to attorney, who you're going to hire, and the price, the three things. Um, And then also, uh, we talked about in the first episode is do you actually need a lawyer, right? Um, and if you're a small company, you you should evaluate that. And in the first topic or first episode, we talked about the, the acronym GMCD, um, which are the four things that you need to think about. If you touch those GMCD acronym, then you actually need a lawyer. We're not going to, you know, repeat that. Um, the episode one go in really detail. And then the next part of it is what role do you need your lawyers to fulfill? And that was something that we talked about in the last episode, last couple episodes. Um, is your lawyer just simply a doer? Are they just, you know, typing out, preparing documents? Or you need somebody who is very specialized at things or you need a strategist? You know, that's to do with what your need is. Um, if you don't really specifically know what role the lawyer actually should be playing to resolve your issue, it's okay. But at least you need to understand those roles um, like we outlined in the last two episodes. Phyllis, what are the other steps under this category? The, the next step is what value do you need your lawyer to provide? And w- this was discussed in our prior podcast, uh, which was topic two of our to- of our podcast in terms of the hierarchy and and levels of value that lawyers bring, whether it's 
uh, producing documents or educating you or providing for strategies or insurance or some kind of branding for, for you as, as, as your lawyer. That, that is the, the values that, that you, they bring to you as your advocate, as you're giving you representation and those various things. And again, if we, you go back to topic two, you'll take a look at that. And that is episode three and four, by the way. And then the, the next one is really, we already talked about whether it's urgent or not. What is the time frame you need this to be done, right? You need to have a, a, a conscious um, kind of understanding. You know, if you do a real estate transaction acquisition, is the next three months, four months? Those are relating to the question you're going to interview your attorneys. Um, and a very important part of it is a lot of people don't understand where your matter is and where is the transaction or dispute. You have to find different attorneys for different locations, um, different states. You got to have different attorneys. Attorneys are licensed specifically in a state. Um, a lot of attorneys have experiences, you know, oversee transactions or cases in many different other states, but they always work with a local council. And then the last one is really, uh, what's your budget? You got to have some sort of realistic budget. If you don't know, um, then you can you can start talking to the attorneys and ask them to tell you, give an idea what the budget you need to have. But you got to have some open mind. Um, I'm just going to tell you, attorneys are not cheap. Very difficult to hire good attorneys just paying them a few thousand dollars. Like if you like say your budget is $2,000, it's really hard to find a really good attorney. Um, so those are the things that I think steps in turn before you talk to an attorney, you got to have already have some ideas what we just talked about those steps. Let's talk about what steps clients can take to find attorneys and to have some options for attorneys to choose. So how do we do that? And how do clients do that? Well, it's actually, it, there's no good way to do it, unfortunately, right now in the marketplace. A lot of people just ask their friends and family, hey, who did you use? Do you have a good attorney that I can talk to? Start somewhere. Um, ask other businesses. Um, most of our clients would tell us that's how they find their attorneys. If they already have an attorney, they'll, they'll start with that. They'll ask their attorney first. Do you do this? If you don't, can you find me somebody else? Um, if you really want to be proactive, then you should read articles that are written by different attorneys. So if you're doing real estate transaction, you should read articles that are written by attorneys about real estate transaction, real estate matters, um, and then see who they are, what firm they're from. If the name pops up all the time, then you kind of can think about them as somebody who knows the subject matter and you can reach out to them. Um, the other thing is like you do need to do some research on law firms. Yeah, there are certain law firms that are really good at one area. There are certain law firms that are very big that they claim they're good at every single area. So you do need to look at the strength and weaknesses of a law firm. Um, it's a lot of work. Um, you have to get a few names and then you have to go to call them, arrange for interviews. Now, at Sejura, we actually do all that work for the client. So basically, our clients will call us and say, I'm going to buy a building or I have this case of being disputed. And we, we are attorneys, so we will sit down and we will work with clients and look at what are the legal needs, and we'll do all that for them. Um, but if you don't have Sejour kind of company that can work with you, um, then you have to do, you really do have to do that, spend some time and do that yourself. So now we want to outline for you just briefly 
the steps to interview lawyers. It's such a large enough topic for us that we're going to devote an entire podcast uh, to interviewing and finding lawyers. Um, but the overall goal is to, to review and make sure the interview process gets you uh, all the following information. How the lawyer was trained, not just their law school, but who trained them. And you want to know what their experience is in the particular area that you need their expertise. If it's litigation you've been faced with, then you want to make sure you're dealing with a litigator who's had similar past cases in, in that. And you want to ask perhaps some of the success um, or what went wrong or what went right for them. If it's a transactional matter, you want to ask them, have you dealt with this kind of a transaction before? If it's, you know, selling a hospital or buying a hospital, have you done that before? That's pretty complicated. Are you the right person for this? That's what you want to, you, that's what you want to know because legal skills are acquired mostly through uh, work experiences and apprenticeship. You've done a few of these, you keep learning, you've learned from other people who are more experienced. That's what, that's how lawyers gain experience by working with more experienced lawyers and then having their own experience on top of that. You also want to know what the background of the firm is and their reputation. And that's something, you know, an internet search might find, or you're going to ask people and your friends and you're going to find that. The next item is how are they organized for each matter? In other words, is it a team of people that are going to be working on it? Who's on the team? And you want to make sure you know who the team members are, because sometimes the main lawyer might not be available and you might have to go to an associate or a different partner who's on the team. So that's really important to know who the team members are. The next issue is how are communications with you handled? Are you speaking on the phone with them? Are they emailing you? Is there some other method that could be used for um, information sharing? And that's very important, right, Janav? We, we're always wondering, you know, how lawyers are communicating with their clients. So that's important. Yeah, that's an important question you have to ask. This is like what Phyllis is listing here are questions you need to ask when during the interview time. It's like, how do you communicate with me? If I can't find you, what do I do? You know, and how do you, how do I get status? How often do I get status of what you're doing? So those are, those are questions you have to ask them. I think it's also important to know how quickly um, and you need to ask them how quickly they'll turn around and respond to a document or your in request for information or whatever it is. You want to know speed and timing and what their action plans are. The next item, which is really important, is how are you able to access your data and your information or your documents and files? Is there some, you know, special method? How do you find it? Do you have access to it? Because it's really important from our perspective for clients to be able to have access to everything going on in their matter so that they can be kept, you know, in the loop. They want to know where it is. They wake up at two o'clock in the morning and they go, oh no, I, I, I don't know what's going on. And they want to go check. Do you have a method of checking what's the status of your matter at that particular time. One thing very important on here is like you own your data. You own those files and those documents, not lawyers. Okay. As soon as they create a document for you, or agreement is yours. So you should always have access to them. Either they email it to you or they should have a data room. Nowadays, there's no reason for them to email you everything flying around your secret, you know, information. 
ask them if they have a data room, you can ask us all at all times. That's very important. It's both from a confidentiality perspective. You want to know if, if they have any special tools or technology, but it's also from an efficiency standpoint. Are they using you know, up-to-date technology to make the process more efficient and not get into a position where it takes them a long time to find what they, what you ask them a question, they can't find it. They can't find an answer for you because they don't have the efficiency of good technology to work from. And then the, the, the other very important thing I think, I think a lot of clients try to shy away to ask is what's their current workload? You know, I, I think clients feels like, oh, lawyers are so professional. They're professionals. You know, I don't want to make them mad or something like that. Ask about their workload. You definitely should ask what their workload is because if if they don't have anything going on, then it's going to be a red alert to you. Why don't they have clients, right? If they are extremely busy, then your question should, is, should be, well, how do you have time for my matter? That's a very important, important question. It doesn't matter how good they are. If they don't focus on your matter, they're not going to do a good job. Um, and then the, the really the very important last question you need to definitely ask, how do you charge? Um, how frequently do they give you update on your fees so that you're not surprised? So those are very quick rundown on the list of the questions you should definitely ask. When you interview a lawyer, and like like Phyllis said, we're going to have a separate podcast, dive in almost each of those items. Um, the ultimate goal here is when you're walking away from the interview, you ask them to put everything on paper. So you ask for a, a proposal or pro, their promotional materials, pro, proposal with fee structure, fee quotes, team members, everything you talked about, you want them to put on paper. Um, until a lawyer puts everything on paper, um, then, you know, in lawyers' mind, everything you put on paper, they're committing to it. So it's very, very important. So after you interview lawyers, um, again, you want a few options that you can sit down with them, interview them face to face. And now it comes to a hard part is to deciding which lawyer or law firm you actually want to hire. Most people, I can tell you, most people, just, we're humans. Um, and it's hard, it's very difficult to evaluate um, objectively law firms and lawyers. And so what they do is they actually um, choose the best personality. Oh, I really like, you know, John Doe, that lawyer that I met at that firm. I think he will do a good job. Um and the other lawyer, he just looks awkward. You know, he just sounds awkward. He doesn't really, it's not very personal. I'm not going to hire that person. One thing, one thing, what we have found is depends on what is your subject matter. Um, the best personality may not be the best attorneys. There are a lot of lack of a better ex- explanation. Uh, great at telling you, you know, uh, this and that. But when really come to technical skills, they're nowhere to be uh, sufficient. So, and, and again, that's a very difficult spot, right? And there are some attorneys that are very awkward at social settings, but they're great technicians. Um, for example, a lot of tax attorneys, they may not, they may not come across as the warmest uh, bullshitter people that you usually like, but um, they are very, very technical, really good at, at, at what they do. And the only people, unfortunately, people can't spot those are um, attorneys. And so you do need um, 
just be mindful that don't just um, pick the one you like the most. I think also you have to think about when you're dealing with personality, let's say you have a really intense litigation matter, for instance, there are times when you really need someone who's very aggressive uh, and really tough and a pit bull or that we, we look for sometimes when you're dealing with litigation. Now, that personality might not come through uh, in, in an interview. And you really are looking for an, you know, an aggressive type. And sometimes if in an interview, the person who might be more likable their aggressive side isn't showing. So like you have to be a little careful. It goes back to evaluating what your need is and and what the matter is to say, okay, this is a nice person. I don't think they're going to be aggressive enough or this is a very aggressive person. I, you know, I, don't, I wouldn't want to hang out with him or her, uh, but that aggressive, assertive, really good technical litigator could be exactly what you need. So it's really a balancing approach. And, and this is what makes it hard for non-lawyers to evaluate when they're interviewing lawyers. It's, it is a difficult process, which is why this is why Cjura is helpful in trying to say, you know what, for this matter, we're going to try to find you the right lawyer who has the right combination of technical skill, assertiveness, and it's great in a courtroom. And a lot of times we find a combination of a team of lawyers. You know, some lawyers are good at negotiation. We bring them in negotiation, but they may not do all the drafting. We might have another attorney do all the drafting. You know, I'm an Asian American and there are times I'm very effective, you know, in negotiations. There are times I'm definitely going to find, you know, somebody who locally being well-known as very aggressive attorney. Um, at, at times I know that's important. It's like a chess game. You got to bring in the right chess pieces. And if attorney take things personally and think that they can do everything for a client, that's a wrong attitude. You want an attorney who do what's the best for you and bring the right chess pieces. And sometimes that that chess piece may not be them. And if they cannot take that, then you don't want to hire them. So that is that is where really where you need to think about this. What in Sejura that we do, which I recommend you guys to do as well, is you make a little chart of all the factors, right? That you will evaluate each of the law firm attorneys that you you interview and have them being objectively scored. Um, we do that at Sejura. Um, and and then you can see the strength and weaknesses. And of course, their personality, one of the factors, because you do want to work, you do have to work with this person. And if they're not pleasant, you don't want to talk to them, it's a problem, right? So um, so those are, you can be have an objective uh, piece to it and a subjective piece to it. Now, um, certain key factors here um, that I think about is choose the lawyer who do the following things, okay? Choose the lawyer who wants your business. It doesn't matter how great they are, how great personality they have, what a great law firm they are. If they don't want your business, they're not going to do a good job. Choose somebody who wants your business. Choose somebody who is competent in a subject matter that you're asking them to do and choose somebody who has capacity to put your matter as their priority and choose somebody who can meet your objective and goals, who understand your objective and goals and push and pick somebody that who fits in your budget. And most importantly, pick somebody who respects you and your business. 
Okay. If they respect you and your business, they understand how hard you work. Even they're lacking a little bit of the subject matter experience, they will go to find the right person. They're going to learn it. They're going to do the best they can for you. Um, so it's very important that, that whoever you pick, that respect for you and your business. So once you've done all that and you've chosen the, the lawyer that you think is going to be the right one for you, then the last step you do is you have to finalize the engagement of that lawyer. And typically, and not so typically, a lawyer has a standard engagement letter for his or her law firm. You need to get the formal engagement letter. You need to read through it. And many times lawyers will set up a a cover letter. It'll be short and then there'll be a whole bunch of terms and conditions attached to it. And And I think this is one of those times where I know a lot of clients don't want to read things because we've had that experience. Oh, I don't want to read this. But this is really important for you to read it and read it again so you understand what the fees are going to be, how you're being charged. And if you see something that you don't like, you have to be proactive again. We've talked about clients being more proactive and ask for changes. Don't be afraid to negotiate with the lawyer or the law firm And don't be afraid to ask for changes. Now, a lot of times I know from my own experience working at big firms or small firms, the bigger firms, they're very reluctant to make any revisions in their engagement letters. That does not mean you can't talk to the lawyer about it, express what your concerns are. And we're in a changing environment today. We have a changing of the way legal services are being presented. We have clients who are being more demanding in terms of what they need from their lawyers. And in in a competitive marketplace, lawyers are responding when clients ask. If you don't ask for something, then the lawyer is not going to do anything. They're going to keep their letter. But it's very important for, for you to ask for any changes and negotiate points that you think are not in your favor. Geneve, you, you, you thought about that? Yeah. And, and the process of talking to your attorney, the, the person we want to hire about the engagement letter, you can also sense how flexible they are and how uh, much they actually want your business, like we just talked about. If their attitude is like, sign it or leave it, um, then they're not going to be flexible in the future. It's, it's either their way or, or highway. That kind of their attitude, is that really who you want to work with, right? So a lot of time, I, I say it all the time, negotiation of a contract, even an engagement letter, is a courtship. It's to show you who they actually are. You know, they can sit on the other side when you interview them to be as nice as possible. But when come to engagement letter and you ask them for some changes, explanations, you can actually see how they work. And that's give you a very uh, small window, a uh, little window of, of, of a taste of working with them. Don't be afraid of asking for changes. The other thing that you need to ask for, just from my experience, ask for two attorneys in a law firm that you can contact with. And that both attorneys know your matter and know the progress your matters. And the reason being, if one attorney cannot be found because they are in court or they are very busy, lawyers are very, very busy people. They are. So, you know, so, so do you, of course. But lawyers are occupied, um, sometimes on conference calls, closings, litigators in court. They have to focus, uh, one client at a time. And at that time, they cannot attend to other clients. So you have needs, right? You need, you need somebody to answer your questions immediately. 
you want the other name that you can go to um, to talk to and, and be able to answer your questions. And also a very uh, important tip, be very friendly to their assistant, um, the secretaries who work for them, um, associates who are drafting documents for them. A lot of time, those people, they know about your cases even more than the partner that you initially interviewed, okay? Um, and if you can't locate a partner, um, if you're friendly to the assistant, they like you, they will go beyond, you know, their duty, go to find them for you. And that's your key uh, of managing your attorneys. So that's a very secret thing that um, a lot of people are like, oh, there's just assistant, who cares? No, that's a, your key person. Even the receptionist, if they have a receptionist in their law firm, know their name, have them know your name, they will chase them down. Especially nowadays, they're all a lot of lawyers work from home. They know what numbers they will call, they will pick up immediately. So, um, you know, those are very important things, how you, how you manage your attorneys moving forward. So now we've come to the end of our podcast, where we hope you've gotten some tips on how to find lawyers, how to speak with them, how to interview them, and then how to formalize the engagement. And in next week's podcast, we're going to take the same topic from the lawyer's perspective and help them understand how clients select them and help them focus on how to make that process great for the client and great for them. See you next time on Sejura Decoding Law. Thank you for listening to Sejura Decoding Law today. Next week, we will be discussing this topic from lawyers' perspective. You're welcome to join us even if you're not lawyers. At Sejura, we are reimagining legal services with innovative technology and processes. Visit us at sejuragroup.com. If you know anyone that wants to know how to use legal services to their advantage, please forward our podcast to them. See you next time.